you know, we all have moments, you know, here. And uh, hey, Phil, I need you to do something for me. Okay, just a second. Uh, Brett, would you stand, please? Friends, this is Brett. He's on a desert road right now. His wife passed just two weeks ago. Uh, Phil, would you go over and lay hands on him for me? Phil's one of our elders in the church, and we certainly want to offer prayer. CJ, if you can get out, would you go on back there real quick, too? How many years were you married, Brett? Wow. Wow. You know, as a family, we laugh together and we pray together. So, Father, uh, we just told it brought to you. This is a difficult, difficult time, chapter in his life. Uh, Father, I know that he knows that you're the answer and that you'll get him through and that you're close to the brokenhearted. But please give him the extra strength and the encouragement and may he feel his arms wrapped around you as he walks this time out here, this chapter. And we lift him up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. So, see, it makes this even more important today. Five words that'll change your life. They just plain will. You know, as we look around, you know, these are unprecedented, unprecedented times, am I right? We find ourselves in. I mean, sure, I'm sure all of you have some disillusionment, uh, uncertainty, maybe a little bit of fear. I can tell you, you're not alone. You know, we, here we go again. We got another presidential election coming. We're still dealing with stuff from the last one. We got the Russian-Ukrainian war. And now there's the fear of possible tactical nukes being used. You got this ongoing tension in North Korea. He keeps firing those missiles. You got human rights struggle in China, right? You got cultural struggles right here at home. Boy, and there's even the uncertainty of this new AI technology of what's going to happen. So, you know what? We need a word to give us a little bit of courage, a little bit of comfort, and some peace. And I want to give you five of those today. You know, I shared some of these words with you years ago, and I felt God just put it on my heart. you got to share this with my people today. Because these five words, if you fully understand what I'm going to say, you've got to understand what they are, and you let them sink truly in your heart and soul. Whether you're a Brett or whoever who you are, wherever you are, they'll become like a life preserver. They'll keep you afloat in some of the most difficult times that you'll have in life, no matter what it throws at you. And here they are, and I encourage you to write them down. Five, the Lord is my shepherd. Listen, this is kind of a little side note here. I received emails this week, people guessing what the five words were. I went to a birthday party last night, and the person there at the birthday party guessed what it was. But I had so many, some of them were so funny. But those five words, can I tell you, the Lord is my shepherd, it has brought so much comfort, courage, peace to so many people since David wrote them 3,000 years ago. 3,000. They've been carved on prison walls. They've been hung on hospital walls. 
They've been quoted by the living and spoken by the dying. In those five words, can I tell you, the lonely have found a friend. The fearful, I'm going to tell you, they found courage. And the lost have found refuge. The Lord is my shepherd. It's the first sentence of the 23rd Psalm. It's here that David tells us about the one who watches over all of our hearts. The one who watches over us like a shepherd watches over sheep. You know, and I don't know if you ever kind of question, well, why did David use sheep to kind of compare us to? Because you see, a shepherd provides for and protects his sheep. He cares for them in all circumstances. I read that a shepherd would go to prepare the field where the sheep were to come and graze. And one of the things he would do, he would pour oil down the snake holes. So it would make it really difficult for the snakes to get out. And if, they, if one or two did get out, you know what else he did with the oil? He poured it on the sheep's head. So when they got the smell of the oil, the snakes would leave them alone. And he got, they got anointed with oil. And, you know, and just in case, you know, uh, a shepherd would always lead a sheep by still waters. You wonder why that's in that psalm? Because he knew if they found themselves standing in moving water, their wool would get heavy. And they would just get dragged down the stream. So he did these things to care and to protect the sheep. Everything in this world is changing. Everything. There is nothing that's stable. Let me give you some examples. The person you married, well, it's not the person you married. I know some of you are thinking, I know Paul, I know he's not, she's not the person I married. But listen, am I right about this? As life goes on, we change. The person you married is not the same person that you originally did. They've changed. So have you. You've changed. Our attitudes change. Our opinions change. Our strength, well, decreases. Our hairline changes. Our waistline, that's why I buckled my, ja- my jacket today. Our waistlines change. Don't your convictions, haven't they changed? And certainly the world certainly has changed. Some of you might have thought, well, I know, boy, if the stock market and the things don't stabilize here, boy, I might have to go welcome people at Walmart for my retirement, you know, if this thing keeps going like this. Listen, friends, we face changes all the time. We all need one place in our life that never changes. We gotta have some place. And I can tell you, we have it, but it's not a place. It's in a person. And then who is this person? It's the same person who expressed his love to a five-time divorced woman, woman who was shacking up with the sixth. It's the same person who defended another, defended another woman who was going to be stoned to death because of adultery. He defended her. There was a guy named Zacchaeus, which you've heard a lot about in the last few weeks. Nobody cared much for this guy. But guess who hung out with him? Guess who loved him? Yeah, Jesus. You'd always find Jesus around the brokenhearted and the disenfranchised. You see, friends, God's actions towards us, and I want to encourage you with this, they're unchanging. 
They're unchanging. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Isn't it nice to have something in our life that's not changing? We need an unchanging place, everyone in this world. And don't miss this. If you're new here or listening new on live stream, when I say don't miss this, there's a reason. I don't want you to miss this, all right? If you forget everything else I said today, here it is. You want something unchanging? The love of God. It's the love of Jesus Christ. Don't miss this. Don't miss that. Maybe you're still not convinced. Uh, I don't know, Paul, that uh, someone can love me no matter what I've done. I don't have anything to worry about. They're always going to be there. This person's going to care for me. Well, you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea what I've been looking at on the Internet. You have no idea. Well, I came across a story about a guy named Joe Albright, who was a very fair, I'm going to read it to you, a very fair but firm rancher in West Texas. He had a large ranch east of town. And everybody knew if you're going to go pheasant hunting or you're going to go rabbit hunting, don't go on Joe's land without his permission. He was a nice guy if he worked according to his rules. He didn't cross them. Joe had four sons, the youngest of whom was James. While James invited a friend home one night after a high school football game, he didn't tell his parents that he, that, that he was coming, his friend was coming. It was an out-of-town game, so it, you know, they didn't get home to after midnight. So as James' friend is driving up to Mr. Albright's house, it occurred to him that this might not be a smart thing to do because Mr. Albright doesn't know he's coming. He said, and so he says, so when I pulled up into that big open area they use for a driveway, a floodlight came on and just blasted right into my face. He goes, I stepped out of the car and he said, before I could say a word, I heard this deep voice going, who's there? I kind of looked through the light, and I could see a shadow. It was Mr. Albright. You know, I could see it. It was him standing on the porch, and he shouted, I'm a friend of James. Well, finally, James speaks up and says, oh, Dad, 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 that's Mike. That's Mike. He's with me. Light went off. Mr. Albright said, come on in, boys. Have something to eat. According to the Bible, we're all going to stand before God, each and every one of us. And the light of God is going to shine on you. It's going to fall upon you. There's going to be no place to hide. And the only voice that's going to matter to you at that moment is the voice of the Son of the Father, who will speak up on your behalf. It will be at that moment that the Son of the Father would put his arms around you and he'll say, oh, it's okay, she's with me. Oh, it's okay, he's with me. And the Father will say, well, all right, come on in. Psalms 23.4 Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And why? Because, what? Well, you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus shared the same promise when he told his disciples, don't be afraid. John 14, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you. 
I'm going there to prepare a place for you and you and you and you and you and all of you out there and me. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I'm coming again. And I'm going to take you myself so that where I am, there you will be also. Did you catch that one line in there? I will take you. Listen, he doesn't say my angels are going to come and take you. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say my apostles are going to come and take you. No, 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 no. He says, I'm going to take you. Look, there are many jobs that the saints and the angels do, but there's one job that's Jesus. The shepherd has reserved for himself. It's the job of escorting you and me through the valley of the shadow of death. And I know you're probably thinking, death, what a topic, Paul. You know, I mean, can you come up with something else with the five words that are supposed to be so good for us? Well, I'm going down a little bit of a bunny trail, okay? And I can do that because I'm standing up here, all right? Look, at, we all know it's going to happen, right? We just heard the story this morning. We all know it's going to happen. That's going to happen. But don't, we kind of act like it's not going to. <laughs> we spend so much time and money on Botox treatments, Excuse me, I got allergies. You know, we get plastic surgery, you know, we do some primping and pumping of iron. People get rich making a lot of money off people like me and maybe some of you. Now, let me tell you something. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm all for quality of life. I want to stay, like all of you do, as healthy as I can, all right? And I certainly don't want to wind up on a some Netflix series about what not to wear. You know, I can't look what Paul's wearing. He's so out of touch. But when it comes to quantity, I don't want any of you, friends, to think for one minute that you're going to get so healthy or have enough plastic surgery treatments or purchase an array of Gucci purses or Jimmy Choo shoes that God literally says to you, whoa, Looking good. I'm going to give you a couple more years. It doesn't happen. Okay? It doesn't happen. My prayers is that you'll take this little verse, the Lord is my shepherd, and use it to make a big difference in your life. A big difference. And who knows? Maybe tomorrow or two months from now, you know, when you're feeling stressed out, you know, some anxiety's got a hold of you. Maybe a friend or coworker will look over at you, or maybe you'll be sitting in your golf cart going to the next hole, and you'll be there like this. They won't know what you're doing, but they'll kind of, it'll be a little bit of a peace over your face because you know, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalms 23, 1 through 6. Matter of fact, you know what? Let's, let's read this together as the slides come up. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be... Oh, it's different over there. Will not want. Okay. Okay, that's not the same translation I have. Okay, let's try again. All right, let's start over, guys, back there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. 
He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't fear any evil. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they could comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord for forever. Sorry, guys, I didn't give them any warning, so they're just like trying to change the slides back there. But listen, forever. How far, you know how long forever is? You know, whenever I do a memorial service, I try to give an example of how long eternity is. You know, it's like forever. And I would jokingly, but not really, I would, you know, I would pick one of the, those in the family that lost the, whoever were there to celebrate their life. And I said, if I hand John here in the front seat a rope, and that rope was long enough to circle the whole planet. And we sent him out the door, and he came back two weeks later, and he wrapped the rope around the whole planet, and he comes back through, and we tied the rope together. Circles the whole planet. I said, our time in this world, on this planet, is that much on that rope compared to eternity. We're going to spend a lot more time with those we love there than we ever will here because we're going to be there forever. And it's reserved for those who place their life into the shepherd's hand. You know, a couple days after the crucifixion and the death of Jesus, two of his followers, well, they were pretty despondent, and they were walking down a road toward a little village called Emmaus, which actually means hot springs. And they encountered a stranger on the walk. And they discussed with the stranger, you know, the events that had taken place and uh, after watching Jesus being crucified. And here's what they said to this stranger. They said to the stranger, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. It, we were hoping that, he, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped. I understand. We had hoped that if we went down this road of following him, he was going to set up an earthly kingdom and we we're going to be on the ground floor. But this road has taken us not where we thought it would. Now, I want you to think about that phrase. But we were hoping. My guess is that every one of us has had something similar in our lives. I had hoped that this career... This position, this promotion, this investment would be the one that I've always dreamed of. I had hoped that she was the one I would walk down the aisle with. Boy, I sure had hoped that our marriage would have lasted forever. You know, many times we hope that going down one particular road will lead us to another particular place. But have you found as you've walked out life, you usually wind up somewhere else. So let me share a story. It's about a father. One day, a father decided to take his three children to an ice skating rink party in a nearby town. 
But after several wrong turns and stops, he pulls over to the side of the road and suggests that they all ask God for help to help find where the rink is at. Well, when they finally arrive, they're over an hour and a half late. The following week, as they got into the car to go to another event at a different ice skating rink, the five-year-old son says, hey, Dad, let's pray now and save some time. <laughs> Don't miss this. Jesus is our navigation system. He's the global positioning system of our soul. Through the Holy Spirit, he navigates, and most importantly, this is the most important part, he realigns us, he adjusts us, he fixes our lives. You know, these followers of Jesus that we're just sharing didn't even realize that they were in the presence of Jesus. They didn't realize it. Do you know when they finally realized that they were in the presence of Jesus? It was when they slowed down. Let's look at the story here. Luke 24, 28. And they approached the village where they were going, and he gave the impression that he was going to go a little farther. And so they strongly urged him, saying, hey, why don't you stay with us, Jesus? Stay with us, okay? It's getting, it's getting dark. It's getting towards evening. It's almost, the day's almost over. So he stayed with them. And it came about then when they had reclined at the table to eat, that he took the bread, this is Jesus, he blessed it, he broke it, and he began giving it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They recognized him when they slowed down. Their eyes were open. They realized the shepherd, this is important. I should have made it, don't miss this. They realized the shepherd was with them all the time. We don't realize, we don't slow down enough. The shepherd's with us all the time. So as I get near closing here, like sheep, we too need a shepherd. We are at times, are we not sometimes spiritually blind and lost? That is why Jesus spoke of this parable of the lost sheep. It's in Luke 15. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep, and I know you've heard this story before, let, me, let it sink in here. What man, if he has a hundred, what shepherd, if he had a hundred sheep and lost one of them, does not leave the other 99, right? And go after them into the pasture, go to find the one that's lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he puts it on his shoulder, that famous picture of Jesus, you know, with the lamb around his shoulder. And he's rejoicing and comes home and he calls together all his friends and their neighbors saying, rejoice with me. <laughs> I found my sheep that was lost. We tend to be like sheep, consumed with worry and fear, following after one another. Remember those five words when the struggles and crisis of life come in. The Lord is my shepherd. Listen, he will restore your soul. He will guide you in paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. So let me just, let me just pray right now, all right? If you would just close your eyes just for a moment. You know what, I want, I want to give everyone, for those of you who have never spoken those words, or those of you that are in a really difficult season right now in life, I mean, truly, right from your heart, 
right now say the words, the Lord is my shepherd. Ask him right now for that peace, protection, guidance, courage, whatever you need to him. He's your shepherd. He cares for you. He's guarding over you. He is with you. Amen. You know, our final song that I'm uh, going to share with you is about he'll come after us. He is your shepherd. You may never have thought about it the way that I explained it today, but here's the big thing. He's never going to abandon you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to abandon Brett. He's not going to abandon any. He's not going to abandon. He's not going to abandon those poor people in Maui and those losses of those families. He's not going to abandon FCA. You know, he goes, don't worry, I'll take care of the needs of what you need for that trip. Look, at I had just heard this morning of another family here who got some bad health news. He's not going to abandon that person. He's not going to abandon you when the disappointment comes from one of your kids or grandkids. He's always going to be there. He will always go after the one. So when the song's finished, our final prayer is already done. So when the song is finished, you can either just sit and contemplate what you just saw, or you can certainly just get up and go ahead and go. Okay?